When I was a couple weeks short of my 70th birthday, I started thinking about my mother's mother, who lived to be 100, and her mother, who lived to be 102, and my father, who lived to be 90, longer than anyone we had ever heard of in his family. I began to think that maybe our generation could be the first to routinely live to be 100. When I talked about this at family dinner one night, my granddaughter, who was five, said, What are you going to do for the next 30 years, Grandpa? Hello, I'm Dr. Janet Price. And I'm Greg Kalust. And we are Oldish. And this is our podcast, Oldish. If you're Oldish or know someone who is, please join us every week for conversations amongst ourselves and our special guests about what it means to be Oldish in the 21st century. If you ever wonder whether you're getting old, you're Oldish. Hi, I'm Greg, and I'm Oldish. Hi, I'm Janet, and I'm Oldish. And welcome to this episode of our podcast, Oldish, Conversations on Aging in the 21st Century. Greg, it's 4th of July. Well, that came up quick. So let's talk about it. We're going to celebrate 4th of July. What do you think? The 4th of July has played a big role, obviously, in our country. It does mean a lot in our country, so I want to give a couple facts about the 4th of July before we jump into our own thoughts as being oldish on this holiday. So we celebrate on the 4th of July. Congress actually approved a resolution on the 2nd, but then a formal announcement of the Declaration of Independence and that it was approved came on the 4th of July, which is why we celebrate July 4th. So that was in 1776. As we know, in 1938, it became recognized by the government and became a paid holiday. Something I didn't know was that on most of our military bases are 50 gunshots, one for each state, that are fired at noon on the 4th of July each year as a salute to our union. And I read that a few of our presidents as ex-presidents died on the 4th, including Thomas Jefferson in 1826 and John Adams in 1831. And James Madison was also, I think he was born on the 4th of July. So the 4th has been interesting for our history in all those ways. And finally, we know that there's always been fireworks, cookouts, And lastly, that there is actually a hot dog eating contest every year on the 4th of July. And the current world record is 68 hot dogs and buns eaten in 10 minutes. So we can just watch and see if anybody ever passes that record. But right now, 68 is the record. Yum. Have fun, everybody, eating your hot dogs. Yeah, I may never eat a hot dog ever again. <laughs> just, the, just the thought of that. I can't imagine. You have to train for that, right? You can't just wake up one morning and go eat 68 hot dogs. So every day for months, probably in advance, you eat too many hot dogs. Oh, that, that can't be. That can't be. Yeah. You bring your own fireworks with you. And that's the last I'll say on that. Okay, Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm not even going to go into what the more I read about it and how it works and everything for a human being to do that. But um, 
So what was what what goes on for you around the Fourth of July? Well, Fourth of July was always a big thing in my family when I was growing up where we lived. The I mentioned in our Memorial Day episode that the Memorial Day parade went right by our house. There was a Fourth of July parade that also went right by our house, but more significant than that was we lived just up the street from a park. And that park was where the 4th of July events took place in my town. It was two, 300 yards away, maybe. There was a small hill with some woods on it in between. There were three-legged races, probably hot dog eating contests. There were battles of the bands. And in the evening, that's where they would shoot the fireworks from. So because we had a big yard, and we're that close to it, family and friends would always gather at our house for the 4th of July because we could have our party and wouldn't actually have to go anywhere for the fireworks. We could just sit in the yard. And so we were underneath the fireworks. And so that was a big part of the life. My father's brother and his family would come up. Cousins would come down sometimes from New Hampshire. Parents friends would come by and we'd have this big party with barbecues and all of that stuff. We could hear the music, any music that was being played, we could hear because it was right there, really. That continued until I was a teenager. One event that happened that that caused them to move that from there was a good friend of mine who lived actually right next to the park. He was my best friend growing up. And he got up uh, July 5th one time and found an unexploded Roman candle, picked it up and looked at it, and it exploded. And so he was in the hospital for a couple of weeks, and they weren't sure whether he was going to be able to see again. Fortunately, he was, but that made them, the town, nervous about having fireworks bits. And then also I mentioned there were some woods. Well, those woods would periodically catch on fire because, you know, the fireworks are flaming things wrapped in flaming paper. And they would drift down. And uh, so periodically there'd be a fire there. And so the town that I grew up in was next to the Atlantic Ocean, just north of Boston. And so eventually it occurred to them that they could do the fireworks on a barge and none of that would happen. So it shifted the 4th of July away from our backyard, though, because it was, Mm -hmm. you know, we could still have our party. But if we wanted to go to the fireworks, it was two miles away. So that made it a lot different, which was okay. I was starting to, you know, I was getting to be too cool for my, um, anyway, the 4th of July stuff carried on when I grew up and I got married, that became part of our family life. Also, we would take the kids to the fireworks. We would have barbecue with whoever we happen to know, and we would take the kids to the fireworks. And then in my oldishness, my kids have kids. And so the 4th of July shifted there. Most recently, the last few years, the 4th of July has always taken place in Vermont, where my oldest daughter lives. And there's a parade that goes through the town, and there are fireworks. There's a golf course at a resort in the town. And for some reason, the resort allowed crowds to gather on the golf course, and they would shoot off fireworks. And it was a great place. We'd take the kids, and they could run around, and we'd play frisbee, and uh, and the kids could run around with sparklers and and all of that good stuff. My daughter's sisters would gather sometimes, and so all of my family would be there 
couple times even I think my brother showed up. It's very different this year because my daughter in Vermont, her family left yesterday to go to Niagara Falls to celebrate the 4th of July with my son-in-law's family. And I'm here in Vermont at their house, pet sitting while they're away because they have this menagerie here. So I'm here as pet sitting and I'm wondering, there's going to be a parade tomorrow morning. Every year for the last several years, I've gone to that parade, not, not always cheerfully. <laughs> Standing on the side of the road in 90 degree heat, what, what am I doing this for? And then there's the fireworks tomorrow night. Will I go to that? I don't know. Tune in next week. I'll let you know. That's part of being oldish. You know, my kids are old enough that they've gone off somewhere else now. Their 4th of July-ness has moved on. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's what the 4th of, you know, in terms of the partiness of it, that's what the 4th of July has always meant to me. But since I was a kid and my brain started getting political, I always had doubts about the 4th of July. But once I got past the, the Minutemen and the Revolutionary War and wasn't it great when all freedom, freedom, when I got old enough to realize that freedom didn't cover everybody, I started to have my doubts about the way the celebration went. I still have some doubts about that. It's kind of, in many ways, it's jingoistic. You mentioned the, the, the guns being fired off and, and all of that. So it's, it's kind of militaristic, which I suppose is reasonable because it was the beginning of an armed conflict. We didn't just declare independence and King George said, oh, okay. <laughs> it was the beginning of a lengthy armed conflict that killed a lot of people, but there were a whole lot of people left out of that. So... I started having my doubts about that part of it. But as a party, it's a good excuse for a party. You know, it's a, turns out to be a pretty good party. So how about right. you? That's definitely a representative of the inequalities that were there and that they were fighting for or fighting to change and that we're still working on, obviously. I think about the 4th of July and I kind of think of it as in three parts, you know, for my life so far. As a child, as you were talking about the dangers and your friend who found an an unexploded fireworks that blew up. That part of our lives symbolizes so much that wasn't regulated. And it included not wearing seatbelts and all of that. And I remember, um, for me, the 4th of July was a big deal in my family. Everybody in our neighborhood would come out and we would have the sparklers. These are my memories. Uh, we had light the sparkler in one in each hand, climb on our bicycles, ride as far as we could until the sparkler went out and waving it and, and, uh, then go back and get some more. We had neighbors on the street who almost like stockpiled personal fireworks. And my parents would always say, don't go to their house. <laughs> it was dangerous, but it wasn't against the law. And they had a really good time every 4th of July, setting them all off in their backyard. We all had stories of kids we knew who either had a finger blown off or be, were blinded or, you know, something horrible happened because of all these things were not regulated and we kind of did whatever we wanted. So I remember it with very fond memories. I remember sunset and dusk doing all of this. I remember fireflies all over the place and just to me, in a way, how magical it was. I didn't have any sense of too much of why what we were doing or why but that it was fun every year to do that um 
as an adult, definitely carry that on with my children, though it's fun, funny to look back at that and realize how much I wanted to recreate my childhood with my children. And I remember getting sparklers. I was, we were living in Maine and one of my kids burned their finger on the sparkler when it ran out. One, one of my kids, I think, stepped on one with bare feet and hurt their feet. It was like, they weren't having as much fun as we had when we were kids. But we did go to fireworks more in later years. Well, throughout my adulthood to this point, I shared the 4th of July with my brother and he really liked fireworks and he liked cookouts and he would always be with me and we'd go to friend's house and have barbecue and uh, outdoors and then walk to the nearest fireworks in the town. He would enjoy, you know, making brownies and deviled eggs and things that we did, of course, eating them. So I'm especially missing him this year because he died earlier this year. The other part of being oldish is that, you know, as my kids became adults and now I have one of my three children who has children, they live in Sweden. So they don't celebrate the 4th of July at all. So that's not something they're growing up with. Um, but my other two ch- grown children are here with me this year. So that's really nice. And we're going to have a cookout with friends and go see fireworks. So, yeah, I think that it's definitely a happy memory for me. I, it certainly plays a different role in my life now uh, as an oldish person. And so, yeah. Yeah. One of the things I wonder about is, uh, I don't know if this happens where you are, Greg, but here, uh, for many towns, the 4th of July is celebrated on the 3rd. So where we're going to go celebrate the fireworks are tonight, which is the third. And other towns I've noticed is on the third. And I was thinking, what if that ever happened when I was a child? You know, if I don't know. I think we always celebrated on the fourth, whatever day of the week that was. Yeah. Huh. I, I don't remember as a kid fireworks being any other time but the fourth. But now that you mentioned that, I have, I, I think even in this town here, the fireworks have been on the third, maybe to give people the space to go home because the next day is not a holiday. That's right. So maybe that's it. So you have the fireworks the night before the holiday when people aren't going to have to get up early the next day and go to work. That's right. That's a good point. So that could be part of it. So my question about whether I'm going to the fireworks tonight just changed. So when we're, when we're done, I'm going to have to go look it up. One of the things that's different is that if you don't know, you can look it up. Back in the day, if you didn't know what what time are the fireworks, nobody knew. You know how are you going to find out? You know, let's see if we can find a newspaper and check in the newspaper, or maybe the radio station. Let's turn on all the radios and different stations and see if we can hear it. But now it's like, um, I'm not going to do this, but I'm pretty sure that if I said, hey, Alexa, when is the fireworks in this town that I'm in? I'd be quiet because, you know, Alexa would start recording our podcast. But, um, well, that's a weird thing to have to keep your voice down so that the the house doesn't hear you. (laughs) Well, I think it's so interesting to think about how much has changed and how I know this is quaint to say this, but it just... Feels I look back at Fourth of July when I was a child, and it feels like it was such a simpler time. 
you know, that we just celebrated and there were parades and there were fireworks and there were sparklers and we got on our bicycles and felt like I was, you know, going as fast as the wind and there were fireflies all around to, to you know, it's just, and you could do whatever you wanted, even uh, play with things that were very dangerous. And there was no one except my parents saying, uh, don't do that. And um, so it, it was a simpler time for better and worse. Yeah. Well, that maybe is a good way to wrap up our episode here. What that put in my mind was something maybe we should talk about at length sometime, which is it's possible that we are the last generation that will look back on our childhoods as a simpler time. It's hard to imagine the world that we're living in now ever being seen as a simpler time. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. It's a really good point. So I won't be embarrassed to say that from now on because I think that often about things from my childhood and, you know, that it was just felt simpler. Yeah. And it, it did, I think, but the, it's, it's hard to imagine how not simple a future 50 or 60 years from now would have to be to make this seem simple now. It's hard to imagine it. Yeah. Okay. Well, happy 4th of July. When we talked on Memorial Day a couple of weeks ago, we couldn't figure out whether it's okay to say happy Memorial Day. But it is okay, I think, to say happy 4th of July. So happy 4th of July, Janet, and enjoy your time with your family and your friends and your fireworks that you're going to be able to find. And I will too. Okay. That sounds good, Greg. Talk to you soon. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. We enjoyed our visit and hope you did too. Our next episode will be another in our new series, Shortish. We'll be talking about gratitude, and you'll be grateful we did. You can leave comments or requests for topics or guests on this or other episodes at www.oldish.me. There's a link there, too, if you've wondered how you can help support our podcast. If you like what you heard today, please tell a friend and rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.